Good morning, church family. It's so good to see y'all this morning. Uh, people I've never seen before, people if maybe I've seen you and you had a mask on and I didn't recognize you. Um, and for those of you, again, that because of this year we still haven't met, my name's Nikki. I'm one of the student ministers here, um, and I'm just so excited um, for this opportunity to get to share with you this morning. Um, I love what Jeff said because I felt like this same thing this morning. Um, you know, when you get something on your heart, when the Lord convicts you about something or the Lord puts a message on your heart, it's like sometimes you get up that day and you're like, it's gone, <laughs> right? Uh, that was kind of me this morning. Um, and so I just want to pray as we begin and just pray that the Lord would speak to you where you are today. Again, He loves you. He cares for you. He created you. He knows you. And He is so intimate with each of us as His children. And so He has something for you this morning. And so we want to open ourselves up um, to what He has for each of us. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Um, what a glorious time to be together, to worship you, um, to be in communion with you and other believers. And Father, I pray this morning, as you always do, you always have something for us. And so would we just come before you with open hearts and open ears and open minds and open spirits to have and receive what you want to give us as a good father. Thank you again for this time to be together, um, to worship you, and to hear what you have to say. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, well, as I said, I want to speak to you about something that's been convicting me lately, something that's also been challenging and encouraging. Isn't the Lord funny how he can do that? Something that convicts us can also encourage us and challenge us. Um, I've been watching The Chosen. How many of you have seen it, heard about it, love it? Um, it's so good. Uh, but it's been encouraging me lately to just kind of see visually what was happening in the Bible. I'm a visual learner, and so sometimes even when I'm reading scripture, um, especially if it's something I've read several times, it can just, you know, skip right over it. Um, oh, I've read that a thousand times. Oh, I've heard that a hundred times. And sometimes it just really helps to see it visually, even sometimes in the perspective of another person. Um, which is what I feel like the creators of this show have done, and it's so beautiful. So again, if you haven't watched it, I'm not getting sponsored this morning or anything, um, but it's really good. And I've just been convicted um, here lately about Jesus's invitation to all of us, right? Jesus's invitation to every single one of us. Um, and I love it because... Uh, in our world, we have so many messages, so many words, so many thoughts coming at us on a daily basis, right? It's just overwhelming. We're inundated with information and invitations, but there's only one that is paramount. There is only one that is of utmost importance, and it is the invitation of Jesus and the voice of Jesus to each one of us. And I don't know about you, but again, in this past season, it just feels like there's been so many voices. But this morning, I pray that you hear the voice of Jesus and his invitation 
So hopefully each of us in here have received an invitation before. <laughs> like, I really hope, and if you haven't, come see me afterwards. Like, I'll invite you to my house. Like, we'll have an official invitation. Um, but every invitation demands a response, right? You get an invitation and they want to know, are you coming? Yes or no. And sometimes on Facebook it says maybe, which we really know is that's just like delaying your response, right? Maybe you're waiting for something better to come along. Maybe you're just waiting to see like, oh, am I still going to feel good or am I still going to have an opportunity to do that? But most of us, when we receive the invitation like to a wedding uh, that was this past weekend or a baby shower um, or a birthday party, you know, it says, are you coming? Yes or no. And sometimes, like a lot of times in the invitation, it just says like where it's going to be. Maybe it says what's happening, maybe what to wear, what all's entailed. But the most important thing you need to know is like, I'm getting invited to something and I have to answer. Am I going? Yes or no? And I love it because the person wants to know so that they can prepare, so that they can know how much stuff to give or to bring or to get ready um, but they need to know your answer to the invitation. And sometimes I'm really bad at RSVP. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I just forget. Or again, sometimes I am guilty of the maybe, just kind of waiting to see what's coming next or what's going on. Um, but I want us to hear scripture this morning in the words of the invitation of Jesus. So let's start there. Let's look at a few um, examples of Jesus's early invitation to follow him and what the response was in scripture. So here in Matthew chapter 4 um, verses 18 through 22 and I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation this morning. Um, so if you're not familiar uh, with that I hope you uh, just enjoy. So this is the calling of the first disciples of Jesus and it says as he was walking by the shore of Lake Galilee Jesus noticed two fishermen who were brothers. One was nicknamed Kepha or Simon, later called Peter, and the other was Andrew, his brother. Watching as they were casting their nets into the water, Jesus called out to them and said, come, follow me, and I will transform you into men who catch people for God. Immediately, they dropped their nets and they left everything behind to follow Jesus. Leaving there, Jesus found three other men sitting in a boat, mending their nets. Two were brothers, Jacob and John, or James and John as we know him. And they were there with their father Zebedee. And Jesus called Jacob and John to his side and he said to them, come and follow me. And at once they left their boat and their father and began to follow Jesus. If you're like me, sometimes I can just read this. Again, it's not many verses and just say, oh, yep, there was Jesus calling them and they said yes and they left everything and they went with him. And I don't know, here lately, again, watching this in action, I've been like, this is huge. This stranger that they have no clue who it is comes up to them and says, follow me. Two simple words, a seemingly simple invitation and they immediately, they at once leave everything and everyone to follow Jesus. Right? Like, again, maybe most of us knew this. You kind of knew what happened. But this is a big deal. 
And this is Jesus' invitation to us to follow him, to leave everything behind and follow him. And where I've been really convicted lately is what that means for my life. Right here, right now. Even though I've already said yes to the invitation, I've already RSVP'd, I'm coming, I'm going, I'm there. But what does it really mean for me in my life, in my daily life? Or maybe if you're here and you haven't accepted the invitation or you haven't even heard the invitation, you would want to know what it looks like, right? We kind of want to know what's going to happen um, at this event, this following. But this is a major life-altering decision. It's important. It's a big deal. And Jesus knew that because, again, they left everything and everyone to follow him. Um, and the next thing we're going to see is I wanted to show you a clip in case you haven't seen it. But the next one is Jesus calling Matthew to come and follow him. Um, and Matthew, um, the way they depict him in The Chosen just becomes one of your like beloved, you're like, I love Matthew. Like, um, and I think we forget that he was a tax collector. And so that meant that people hated him. And I never realized like it meant his family too, because they were Jewish and they felt like he was a traitor, not just the people in the community, but his own family disowned him because they thought he was putting his loyalty to Rome, right? Instead of to his people and their God. Um, and so we're going to watch this clip and then we're going to um, talk a little bit about it. We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew! Matthew, son of Alpheus! Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy's done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? Where do you think you're going, guys? Let me go. lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. Yes. I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. 
shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? I grabbed it without thinking. You can put it back. No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. Well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. <laughs> oh, man. Um, again, uh, once you're watching the show, you really get invested. But isn't that a powerful moment? Jesus is walking by. Matthew thinks he doesn't even notice him. And Jesus turns around and he calls his name. Right? It's so personal to each one of us. He says, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew's like, me? Yes, you. Come and follow me. And I love it because he's just like, there's no hesitation, right? A lot of times when we get an invitation, it's like, well, let me ask some questions. Let me consider what else is happening that day. Let me see if I really have time to do this. And Matthew doesn't do any of that, right? He just leaves it gives him the key, and all the while, um, his Roman guard is telling him reasons that he should say no. He's like, you're crazy. This is nuts. You have money. You have a good job. You have protection here in the community, and you're going to give it all up? And Matthew says, yes. And he gives him his, the key to his house. That's the key to his house, not even just the key um, to, that, to the guard cell, but that is the key to his house, and he leaves everything to follow Jesus. Everything. Again, this is huge. This is the invitation. It is seemingly simple, but we have a powerful response. Um, and again, it, it's going to mean sacrifice. That's where we're going next. Not only is, is it an amazing invitation, um, but what it really means for our lives today, what it meant for them back then, and what it's still going to mean for followers who get his invitation in the future, which is everybody, right? Everybody gets this invitation to follow Jesus, to have a full life in Jesus, but it's going to be one of sacrifice. Um, and Matthew, I think, knew in that moment maybe something of what he was given up. But some of us don't realize it until years later down the road. Um, or some of you may realize it at that moment. He may have realized in that moment what all he was giving up to follow Jesus. Um, and again, he was telling him things that are valuable, things that are predictable, things that make Matthew comfortable. And he still said yes. Because Jesus has called us to this, right? Jesus' life wasn't easy on earth. It was one of sacrifice. And he's calling us to the same life that he lived here on earth. And so really this invitation of follow me is the invitation to come and die. To give your life in order to truly live. As always, Jesus is always turning things upside down from what we think is right. We're like, oh, abundant life. That means comfortable, safe, easy, predictable. And he says, no, completely opposite. It means sacrifice. It means giving up what you think you need, what you think you want, the life you think you need to have and come and find a full, abundant life in me. 
So now we're going to kind of get uh, into the nitty-gritty, as I like to say, of what comes next, um, what it means to really have this life, to follow this invitation. And right before this next passage in Matthew, um, it's the moment where Jesus begins to tell them about what's going to happen to him. Right up until this moment, they've just been going around and they've been seeing miracles and they've been hearing amazing, sometimes really hard teachings um, but they've been getting to experience this love and this community with Jesus. And then he starts to tell them what's about to happen to them. The suffering, the trials, his death, their rejection of him at the end. And Peter, as he always does, he speaks up and he's like, no, Lord, this can't happen. This shouldn't happen to you. You should be able to escape this, you of all people. And again, Jesus says, Peter, that's not the way. He actually says, get behind me, Satan. Because he knows in that moment that Peter is not speaking of the Holy Spirit. He's not speaking through the lens of Jesus. He's speaking through the lens of flesh and self. And Jesus says, that's not the way. That's the way of man. You have the way of man on the mind. But I have the will of God on my mind. And so he knew in that moment what it was going to be. And so then he begins um, in Matthew 16, 24 through 27. And notice again these words that are highlighted in yellow. So then Jesus says to his disciples, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually Surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you even try to keep. For even if you are to gain all the wealth and power of this world at the cost of your own life, what good would that be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? I, the Son of Man, will one day return with my messengers and in the splendor and majesty of my Father. And then I will reward each person according to what they have done. So again, this is heavy, but I love this about Jesus. He is truth and he always tells us the truth, even when it hurts. Don't you love those friends? Don't you love those people? At that moment, you may not love them, but then you're like, thank you for telling me the truth. Thank you for telling me the facts. And Jesus doesn't keep us in the dark, right? He says, if you choose to follow me, this is what it's going to look like. We may not know specifically what that means for our lives, but this is what it's going to mean. This is what it's going to take, the reality of following him, this sacrifice that is involved if we say yes to the reality of following him, of his invitation. And I don't know about you, but this isn't the fun part to tell people, right? Sometimes we can shy away and say, oh yes, life in Jesus, it's great, it's awesome, and it is. But in the terms of what our world thinks is great and awesome, they may be like, you are kidding me. I may have to give up relationships. I may have to give up popularity. I may have to give up fame. I may have to even give up my family. I may have to give up my house. 
Jesus says, yeah, I might ask that of you, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to be so worth it because he said again, what does it matter if you gain all of that and you keep all of that and you lose your own soul? He knows that is what is at stake. Our lives, our souls, because he created us and he loves us and he wants us to choose him. But again, he doesn't go at it blindly and he does not mince words and he tells us this is what it's going to look like. I love that about our Jesus. He always tells us the truth. Um, So again, his invitation doesn't just say come to the party. It says this is what you can expect at the party This is what you can expect. This is what I'm calling you to do. He's honest about counting the cost. As we'll see in Luke, this next passage in Luke 14, 25 through 33. And I love this because um, you may think this is a message where Jesus was only like with his disciples and a few followers. But no, as massive crowds followed Jesus, he turned to them and said, When you follow me as my disciple, you must put aside your father, your mother, your wife, your sisters, your brother. It will even seem as though you hate your own life. And this is the price that you'll pay to be considered one of my followers. Anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own, or he cannot be considered my disciple. So don't Follow me without considering what it will cost you. For who would construct a house before first sitting down to estimate the cost to complete it? Otherwise, he may lay the foundation and not be able to finish it. The neighbors will ridicule him saying, look at him. He started to build but couldn't complete it. Have you ever heard of a commander who goes out to war without first sitting down with strategic planning to determine the strength of his army to win the war against a stronger opponent. If he knows he doesn't stand a chance of winning the war, the wise commander will send out delegates to ask for terms of peace. And likewise, unless you surrender all to me, giving up all you possess, you cannot be one of my disciples. This is the cost of fellowship. This is what Jesus is calling us to. Maybe for some of you, this is new and like shocking information. So I really want to give you a minute to take that in. Um, Maybe you've forgotten that this is the commitment that you have made to Jesus to give your life, to say yes to him at all costs. Um, But again, he doesn't shy away from this. Um, And so for some of us, this is convicting. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It is his job to convict us of what this means But for some of you, this may be really comforting. You may have said, I have lost these things because I said yes to Jesus. And he wants you to know he sees your sacrifice. He sees what you have laid down to follow him. And he knows it's a big deal. He recognizes that in us. What a kind father we have. He recognizes us laying down our lives to follow him. And again, he's so kind. This may not seem kind to you, but I think it is. It's really kind that he tells us what following him 
is going to look like. Again, he doesn't mince over it. He doesn't shy away from it. He tells us the truth. And that's kindness. He's giving us clarity. Clarity is kindness, right? I've heard that a lot. That's one of the things we hear a lot. And we're seeing it in Jesus right here. So maybe you've never thought about it. Maybe you just kind of grew up in church and you just kind of said yes to Jesus. And maybe you've really not ever thought about what following Jesus might cost you. If it hasn't before or what it will in the future, what it's going to cost us to give up, to sacrifice. Maybe it is family or friends, relationships. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it physically is your home or your finances, followers on social media um, because of something you say that lines up with Jesus but doesn't line up with others. Or maybe even for me, this is one um, that I struggle with a lot, what my future looks like or what I think my future should look like. Because again, we're inundated with Western Christianity and what it tells us, be comfortable, be safe. You're not going to have to sacrifice anything for Jesus. Come, sit in church, be comfortable. Guys, that's not what Jesus died for us to do. Yes, he died to give us this community, to give us this fellowship and to enjoy it. But it is so that when we go out and when we do realize what sacrifice is and when we are called to sacrifice, we can encourage one another in this. Hey, it's not strange what's happening to you. It's actually what Jesus told us is going to happen. And that doesn't, that doesn't belittle what's happening. That doesn't, um, again, excuse it or say, like, it's not a big deal. That's just saying, hey, we probably shouldn't be surprised. And that's hard. That is hard to do, and it's hard to say. And I praise God that so many have accepted this invitation just watching it on, on, the, on the TV series, I'm like, oh, thank you, God, that those men accepted your invitation because we're here now, because they said yes to laying down their lives for the sake of Jesus and for the sake of the gospel. You're here today because somebody sacrificed maybe an uncomfortable conversation to tell you about Jesus, to tell you about this full life, what you were created for to follow him, to give your life to him and what it means. But don't you know that there's those who rejected the invitation? They got the invitation and they said, no. I love my life here. I love my wealth. I love my family too much. I love what you've given me. And I don't want to give it up. You're not worth it. Oh, can't you imagine how that grieved his heart? One of his children, he's given the invitation and they say, no. Or maybe they said maybe, maybe later. And he never, you know, got to hear that yes. They rejected him. They rejected um, his invitation. But again, this life of sacrifice is worth it. Um, but again, we see throughout Scripture what happened to many of the, the disciples, people that said yes. It came with trials. It came with sacrifice. It came with suffering. They, most of them gave their physical lives for the sake of the gospel. But they could say it 
was worth it. This cloud of witnesses that still surrounds us today said, it is worth it. Keep going. I know it's hard. I know the world is telling you everything against it, but keep going. It is worth it to lay your life down. That is the true, full, abundant life to give it up for Jesus. And it's so countercultural, y'all. Y'all. It's so countercultural to what we hear, but it is worth it. Galatians 2.20, this is our new reality. For those of you that have said yes to the invitation, for those of you that said, I'm coming, this is our new reality. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in, in my body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yes, we have to die to ourselves, but he gives us new life in him. And I also love this about Jesus. He is never going to ask us to do something that he has not already done. Yes, he says, come and give your life, but he already gave his. Not only in the way he sacrificed, but in the physical way that he gave his life for us. He's already done it. Don't you love that about our Savior? He's never willing to ask us to do something that he is not already done and he's going to walk with us every step of the way Jesus gave his life for us why would we want to do anything less for him in return he is worthy of it and it is worth it it is a worthy cause to give our lives for Christ and part of this privilege that we get of laying down our lives to Christ is that we get to tell other people we get to invite other people into life with Jesus isn't that amazing like he could just tell people he could use his word but he offers us the invitation to offer the invitation to others he says now that you're my followers guess what you get to come along and bring other followers with you isn't that amazing we get this privilege um, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, uh, this, is, this is the last command. This isn't a suggestion. This isn't like, hey, if you're feeling like it. Like this is just Jesus saying, this is what I'm asking of you. And it's kind of like a, a last thing, right? Because this is before he ascended into heaven. So these are like the last words that he has for his disciples, his followers. He came close to them and said, all authority has been given to me. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never, never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. Woo, y'all, that's it. That's what we are invited to get to go do. Yes, amen. That is the privilege that we get to be followers of him and to extend the invitation to others. I love this. And again, we're not doing it alone, right? He said, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Part of his going away was that he gives the Holy Spirit to live within us, to let us follow this out. We're not doing it alone. He's with us every step and he gives us community to make sure that it happens. And again, brothers and sisters, friends, this is the full life that he's called us to.
it will be costly. Anybody that tells you it won't, again, I don't, I don't know what's happening in their lives. I don't know what's going on. It will be costly to die to yourself, but it will be so worth it. Mark and your team can come on up. Um, and specifically for us, church, in this season of waiting, I know that we are waiting for the Lord to bring us somebody to lead us. But can I just tell you, in, in this waiting, Jesus is a pastor, right? He's the best one that's ever lived. He is still pastoring us, and he has still given us a mission and a purpose to extend this invitation to the world to the people you work with, to the people in your family, to the people you go to school with. And nobody, like no matter your age, from young to a little older than young, um, we all get this same privilege of telling others about him. So if you want to follow Jesus, he says, come, follow me. He has extended the invitation. You are welcome to the party. Come on. And if you're already following him, if you've already said yes to the invitation, go invite others. It's time to RSVP. Are you coming? Let's worship.